Hi, this is Chelsea Vale. You have found the Whole Heart Podcast, a podcast for conscious parents who want to do things differently. Parenting the Whole Heart Way is about love, connection, play, and raising our children naturally. It can get, at times, a little bit crunchy. Let's jump in. So we have been talking about the acronym PARENT from the Danish way, P-A-R-E-N-T. P is for play, A is for authenticity, R is for reframing, E is for empathy, N is for no ultimatums, and T is for togetherness. And I know I'm going to mispronounce this word, but there's a word in the Danish way that describes the type of togetherness that I'm talking about, and it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. I think it's Hyg. Um, that's probably how you pronounce it, but I could be way off. So anyway, try to picture that in your mind so that you um, you can have a word that you you put to this concept um, or a vocabulary for this concept. So Hyg, we're going to call it, um, is the Danish way of describing togetherness. And it doesn't just mean like, you know, a family outing. This is a very intentional um turning off technology, maybe lighting some candles, getting together under some cozy blankets, some sort of snuggle time where you're just present, where you just discuss the things that are happening in your life and not all of the bad things, but the good things. Um, Maybe you're just telling the people around you how much you love them. Maybe you're holding hands. Maybe you're looking into your child's eyes or your partner's eyes. You're discussing the things you want to do as a family. You're talking about how much they've grown over the year, or maybe you're just being present. Maybe you're just letting all of the drama, all of the troubles of the world, all of the struggles you're currently dealing with, maybe you're leaving all of those at the door and you are just purposefully and intentionally trying to be present with your children and your family. And what this does is it bonds the family as a unit. The, remember that we've talked about you know, parenting techniques and skills and strategies for raising healthy, happy, responsible kids only work if the relationship is intact, right? If you don't have a solid relationship with your children or your partner, nothing that you're trying to implement in the home is going to be effective. Um, You might find yourself resorting to bribery and sticker charts and begging and, um, you know, all sorts of other uh, strategies and they're ineffective and you're constantly kind of jogging in place going, oh my gosh, why isn't any of this working? And I've mentioned it before and I'll say it again, um, the strategy that I used to use when I was a therapist, take the kids for ice cream, you know, that was kind of a metaphor for just stop trying to fix everything that's wrong, quote unquote, with your child or with your family unit or if your household and the way that it runs, but just go out for ice cream, okay? Just be together where nothing bad, nothing stressful, no obligations, no behavior problems or even a thing. They don't exist, okay? You're just being present as a family, that family bonding, that relationship that you have with your child will cause them to want to do well. There was a time this summer where I couldn't hear my kids for a while and they were very, very quiet, almost eerily quiet, which as you know, as a parent, if it's quiet, you're like, oh God, what am I about to walk up on, right? And I called downstairs to them and I said, hey guys, I said, "Uh, are you, you being naughty? And I hear one of my little ones laugh hysterically. And he said, mom, we love you too much to be naughty. 
And sure enough, they weren't doing anything wrong. Have they before? Absolutely. My kids totally act up, especially when they don't think that I'm around or that somebody's around. That's something that apparently just comes with this age, right? They're in the boundary pushing age, as we've learned in some of the other episodes. And that's just sort of their job is to find out how far can I go before something happens. And it's our job as parents to set uh, limits for them. But I loved that response. We love you too much to be naughty. Um, When my child was acting up over the summer, I said, a child that behaves like that makes other people think they have a bad mom. And he went, what? And I said, yeah, the way you were acting today at school, other parents might think you have a bad mom. Do you have a bad mom? He goes, you're just the best mom ever. And I said, I know, I know. I feel like I'm a good mom. I think I'm doing a good job. But if you act like that, people don't know I'm a good mom and that you're just being curious. They think I'm a bad mom. And he was like, oh my gosh. You know, it was like, it shocked him that someone would actually have, you know, an opinion of me based on how he was acting. Well, I said, you're a representative of our family. And you think that's a really big word for a four-year-old, but it's really not. You'd be surprised how much they can actually understand um, in context clues. And I said, you are a representative of our family. When you leave my car and you say good morning to the teacher, the teacher knows I'm someone that says good morning to people I care about because you say good morning to people you care about. When you eat at the lunch table and you scarf all your food until your tummy is sick, people might think that I do that, you know? And so I try to get them to understand the way that you behave away from the home is what people think is happening inside of our home. You are representing us every time you leave the home. And that connection with one another comes from togetherness. I will tell you that I co-slept with my children until just recently. They'll be five next month, so for almost five years, we co-slept. Now, when they were babies, I do not think that it's safe to co-sleep with a baby in the bed with you, especially because I have very long hair. I had huge breasts after my kids were born. They were massive, and they definitely could have squished a baby or two. Um, So that's not necessarily safe to have the baby sleeping in the breast. That is a SIDS risk. Um, But I had them in Snuggle Nest. Um, head to toe, toe to head in the middle of the bed with all of the blankets on me, not on them. That was the safest thing. And then as they became older and they could push up and roll over and it became safer, maybe around 10 months or so, they co-slept with me in the bed. And I never was able to break that habit. I mean, they would stay, would be in cribs until three or four in the morning, and then they would come and finish up, um, you know, the night with me. And then we started sleeping together until just recently when I finally decided, okay, now you're way too big that I'm not getting quality sleep. Um, And some people kept, you know, they would find out, oh my God, they sleep with you. They need to move out. They need to be in their cribs. They need to be in their other room. That's, you know, your opinion. What I know about co-sleeping and what it does for kids and how their brains and bodies develop, it's actually better for kids. I would look at these people that were judging me and I would go, okay, didn't you say that you can't get your kid to go to sleep at night, that sometimes they're up till nine or 10 o'clock at night? Okay, okay, just checking. Weren't you the one that said they wake you up every single night with night terrors? Yeah, just checking. Um, didn't you also say that your other one gets up in the middle of the night and goes and cooks Food that you don't even know about. Yeah, just checking. Okay, I'm hearing all of these sleeping issues from all of my well-meaning friends who were judging me for co-sleeping with my kids and kind of laughing on the inside. No judgment in return. You do what works for you and your family. But what I'm hearing is it's not working. <laughs> okay, what worked for us is falling asleep together and waking up together. And what it also does for them is bonds us. They don't need to be snuggling with me all day long because they've snuggled with me all night long. 
when I sit down on the couch with them and we watch a show together or we sit down and we play a puzzle or we read a story and they're in my lap, they're getting that bonding, that skin to skin, that togetherness that they still need in those really early years that because they're getting all of it naturally, they're not having to act out in order to get held. They're not having to fall on the floor and throw a tantrum because they want to be picked up. They're being held all of the time. Togetherness is really, really powerful. It's a way of meeting the child's needs before they have a need, meaning that you're meeting a need so that they don't become needy. It seems kind of counterintuitive, right? It seems like, oh, I'm going to hold my baby all day long and then I'm going to spoil them and they're going to become clingy. Not so much. Or if I hold my toddler all day long, they're going to be clingy. The exact opposite. I wore my babies until they were three years old, maybe four uh, for my smaller one, but the bigger one, whoo, I had to put him down fast. Uh, But my smaller one, I wore until he was almost four years old. Not everywhere. I mean, I'm not a helicopter parent. They definitely have been hiking, biking, swimming, ATVs, whatever. But if I'm walking across the parking lot or in the grocery store, I had one of them strapped to my back all the time. What that does is it provides that togetherness, that bonding that we're talking about to where they don't need it all of the time because they're getting it. That's what's really beautiful about this. And just like when I told my kids they need to start sleeping in their own bed so that I can get good sleep, I said, guys, I love you so much that I want to be a better mommy for you and get better sleep. So I'm going to snuggle you all night long until you fall asleep. And then I'm going to go to my bed. And then when you wake up in the morning and the clock looks like this, then you can come into bed with me and we can snuggle as we wake up. That's all the snuggle time we're going to get. And then if we're going to do a family movie night, we get under the blankets together. We pick a movie that all of us want to watch and enjoy together and we snuggle, snuggle, snuggle. That's togetherness. With my kids, we still have a morning verse that we say sometimes. Um, We have little dance parties in the kitchen when a song comes on that that we love. Sometimes we have dress-up nights and we party all together and we dance and sing and we wear silly clothes. Sometimes we bake together. There are types of things that we do together all of the time. Stories that I share with them. I've told you guys about that. Those are things that we do together as our family. We even have little handshakes. We chest bump. We, you know, wrestle. And I play this game with them sometimes where I have to tag them with a ball um, in the house before tub. And if I hit them three times, they've got to go run and jump in the tub. I always win. Sometimes it takes just three throws. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes of chasing, jumping over furniture and giggling. But that togetherness is what bonds us and what makes it so easy to go, hey, uh, that behavior is not appropriate. And they go, oh, sorry, mom. And they knock it off because they love me and they respect me and they feel bonded to me. My behaviors become their behaviors. Their behaviors are a reflection of my behaviors. Togetherness is so incredibly crucial. And in many ways, I wish that it wasn't the last letter of the acronym. It should almost be the first letter. Play is pretty awesome as well. But T being the last letter, togetherness, it's just so important that togetherness is a part of every day with your family. And we've talked before about inhale, exhale, right? During those periods of inhale, that really needs to be the togetherness time. So when you get up in the morning, remember, you might go downstairs and your kids are all playing, right? That's that exhale. And then you inhale by having a family meal together. Perhaps you light candles in the morning and talk about your intentions for the day. What kind of goals do we have today? Maybe there's a child at school that's bugging them that you say, hey, that kid might need some extra love today. What are your goals to help that child feel loved today so they're not mean to you? Um, And then we exhale and we go to school and they have big play days. And then we inhale together and we have, um, you know, nap time or rest time at home with some stories. And then we exhale and they have their outdoor activity that we do 
together. And then we inhale and we make a dinner together and we have a family meal and we talk about the good things and the bad things of our day. And then we exhale and we do a puzzle or paint or color or whatever. And then we inhale bath, story, bed, right? That inhale, exhale kind of provides a rhythm to the day. And there's so much togetherness built in, so many bonding activities and unique things that we do just in our family that makes them feel connected. Another strategy that I've shared with you before that um, correlates here with togetherness is the one where we start a sentence by saying, in our family, blah, 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 blah. Or that's not something our family does. Um, That's definitely a sentence stem that I want you to hold on to. Take it, put it in your hat, pull it out whenever you need to. Uh, Whenever my kids are acting up, I go, ooh, Oh, that is just not a word that our family uses. That's a word that that has hate in it. And, and that's just not the kind of family that we are. And they go, oh, sorry, mom. Or they might say, this, I hear this sometimes from one of mine, but I like that word, you know, and, and usually it's bud or poop or, you know, whatever. The hate is the new word. They say hate a lot. I hate that sweater. I hate that color. I hate that restaurant. I say hate is a hurtful word in your heart. It hurts in your heart. But I like that word. I go, it does make you feel powerful. Let's come up with another powerful word that doesn't feel so mean, right? Um, But in our family, we use other things to make us feel powerful. So, you know, recognize how many times I'm saying in our family to bond us as a unit and provide some cohesiveness, not just in the way that I'm parenting, right? Um, but But to help them feel secure and connected. Their purpose is to represent our family and to be the best them that they can possibly be. And it's a representative or it's it's a representation of our family. So that's really what togetherness is about. If that was way too many strategies and you're like, uh, I just don't know how I can implement all of the things that you just said, make it a point right now that you're going to have togetherness for a little bit every day. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 15, where you turn off technology, you sit on the couch, or you snuggle in a bed, or you do a puzzle or sing songs, um, or you tell stories from your childhood, whatever that togetherness is, I want you to try to implement 10, maybe 15 minutes a day of the hike the togetherness, to make your children feel that they are valuable enough, that they are loved enough, that you're going to take time out of your day to just be, just be, be with them. A friend of mine called me the other day and he said, do you know how powerful the word be is? He said, I think that's going to be my next tattoo. And I said, what are you talking about? I, I knew where he was going, but I wanted to hear more. He said, be, B, B E, B, just saying it just makes you feel grounded and connected. How rare, how rarely are we just there? We're just present. Well, you're right. We're not, especially when it comes to our kids. It's okay, just a second. I'll get to that later. Not right now, in a minute, right? Just be present. Put everything else to the side and just be. B E, just be. Guys, that is the last letter of parent. I'm sorry. I know there were big chunks of time in between things, but I have taken on so many other projects and so many other things, things that I'm very excited um, to share with all of you. Um, as long, you know, I'm not, I'm not very consistent, but I beg you, please stick with me because there's lots of great content still to come this year. 
I've got big goals for myself, for my family, for all of you, and I'm very excited to share with you some of the projects that I'll be working on. But um, if you haven't subscribed and you like what you hear, please subscribe right now. Um, You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, um, Anchor, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Um, Also, please find me on YouTube, Whole Heart Chelsea Vale. You can find my channel that way. Check out some of the videos that I have there for you. Email me, Chelsea, at joinwholeheart.com. Let me know what it is that you'd like to hear more of. I do owe a listener a sibling rivalry discussion. And uh, believe it or not, that is still something that I am trying to work out. I'm trying to go back into my, um, you know, skill set and knowledge base from years ago and think, okay, if it wasn't my own children, what would I do? Because I tell you, this is something I struggle with almost every day. I have twins, but they don't necessarily love each other like twins every day. So I am still working on that episode. I'd love to put something together for you, but I'm not just going to wing it. I want it to be valuable. And I really want you to know that I hear you. I see you. I understand. And most importantly, I care. Um, Again, please subscribe, share this podcast with friends and family that you think might benefit from learning from me and learning together. Um, Thank you for all of your support. Be well.